brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, McLean McGowan, and I am so happy to be here with you sharing a solo episode, a real talk about a topic that is very important to me. It is actually one of the main veins of my life, my livelihood, my career path, and my main life course as a woman and a mother, and that is postpartum. And it's interesting, you know, per usual things align in divine timing and really sitting in that today, I had kind of an unexpected emotional day. I'm feeling very triggered and I don't like that. (laughs) I like to be on top of my game. I like to be full of energy. I don't like wasting time. The precious, precious few hours I am, you know, stealing or carving out here and there without my kids right now during homeschooling, during this, you know, strange portal of time. I want to be productive. And today that just really hasn't been the case. And it's so interesting to witness the old triggers, the old wounds that come up. And as I've shared a lot through Instagram, I have a liver thing. I'm always trying to clean and detox my liver. I have the MTHFR gene mutation, which many, many of us do, something like 80% of us have, not the biggest deal, but it does, um, it does color your ability to detox. Um, but even aside from that, since I was a teenager and I was introduced to alternative healers by my mom and led like more of an alternative path, it's always come up. What's going on with your liver? What's going on with your liver? And It very much is feeling like it's coming to a head and I'm feeling very frustrated, which has its good points because it's making me or supporting me and asking for more help and support. So I actually did reach out to someone today. All of this to say liver is anger, liver is life, liver is detox, liver is getting rid of the old, welcoming in the new. And so it's just interesting on this topic of renewal and postpartum today and sharing my own postpartum journey that my liver stuff would be really hyped up. So I will continue to share my journey. I'm kind of dipping my toe into some pretty extensive research into heavy metal detox and cavitations and different mercury stuff in the mouth, which then affects the rest of the body. So I will be sharing a lot as I learn more and more um, and fine tuning my diet as we move into fall. And, you know, clean diet means a different thing to each person. And I'm really looking into that even a deeper layer. I feel like that's always a big topic in my life, nutrition, healing nutrition, how to best support my body, my mind, my spirit through food with food. 
and just a lot's being kicked up right now. So it fits the time. As I record today, it is October 7th. So it's interesting times, October 7th, 2020, election time, COVID time, that old adage of truth is stranger than fiction seems more apropos than ever before. I think at least I am questioning everything I'm hearing with a heavy dose of skepticism, looking at everyone's agenda and turning off everything as much as I possibly can, coming back to source, coming back to myself, staying in my orc field, my own bubble, my bubble with my family, my kids, my husband, and really trying to deflect a lot of the fear and anxiety and energy swirling. I mean, we're all feeling it. It's a very interesting, heavy, hopefully groundbreaking time of change that we are going through. And so many of the systems that we have grown up with and around, they're crumbling. And we're all feeling it. We're all being triggered. We're all being pushed. We're all being squeezed. And, you know, there's so much beauty that's already come of this time. And today I'm just having a day where I'm feeling more of the negative. And I don't even feel negative. It's more just like deep childhood stuff has come up and been triggered. I haven't been lashing out, but that's usually not my way. I usually tend to stuff more, which is also related to my liver. Um, but really, I wanted to come on and share with you, especially for you newer listeners, how and why I do what I do, why I created Mother the Mother, why I am called to birth work, why I've really been called to the postpartum shift the first 40 days on into motherhood. And it's really because of the birth of my first daughter. And as I've shared in podcasts past, I there was something in me that was interested in birth and alternative birth or natural birth or birth that I didn't grow up seeing during college. And I did take a midwifery course. I went to a very alternative college, Hampshire College. And there's a midwifery course and it was awesome. I read spiritual midwifery and had a real connection with the teacher. And then went on to other things in my life, you know, cut to like 15 years later or not quite 15 years later. And then I found myself wanting to get pregnant and then pregnant and in LA. And this was nine years ago now. And at the time I was 31, 32. And it was just a really exciting time to, to learn about my body really for the first time, learn about my cycle, learn about my ovulation. I'd always been one of those girls that was more of a tomboy I was not psyched to get my period when I got it. I was not psyched to get hips or boobs or any of that. Um, and so part of my pregnancy with my first was to be humbled and to kind of slow down in a way that I'd never known before. I assumed I'd be drinking my liter of green juice. I was super into the raw food movement at the time and hiking an hour a day. That's really what I envisioned for my pregnancy. And I had the MTHFR gene mutation, which I did not know. So I was taking the wrong kind of folic acid. I wasn't taking folate in my prenatal. This is a very common mistake. That's why I'm sharing it. So I was taking the wrong prenatal for my body. So I basically was poisoning my body every day and I could barely eat for seven months. So my pregnancy was very challenging in that way. Um, I really isolated. I didn't want to see people because I felt so nauseated. I felt 
almost like I couldn't even watch TV. I couldn't really read. I just did a lot of meditation, a lot of lying in bed alone during the day. And I wasn't really able to work much at all. My husband was at the office. So it was it was an interesting time to really go inward. And I had horrible sciatica, couldn't exercise barely at all. But then the last three weeks of my pregnancy, the sciatica just opened up. So that was amazing. I was able to really get my miles in before my labor and birth. And so that was a huge blessing. But the food part was really challenging for me, but I always felt so connected to her. I was so in love with being pregnant. I was so in love with this child that I had always felt a connection to. My whole life, I wanted one girl. That was it. That was my plan. That's what I wanted. And I felt so blessed that I got that. We weren't trying officially. It happened so easily. And it was amazing. And did all the classes. My husband and I did the Bradley method, which is three months of classes. And the hypnosis, the hypnobirthing, all of that. And then my birth took a different turn. We were at a birth center. I've shared my birth stories before. So if you want to hear all the deets, go back to the previous episodes. Um, But it ended up just not being the birth that I had dreamed of and not being the birth that I had wanted. And I had to do a lot of healing work around that during the following years. And I had to bring a lot of forgiveness to the people, my quote unquote team, the OB that was our backup the midwives that I didn't really want to be my midwives that were on call that day. I had just a lot of big feelings and blaming a lot of other people, very frustrated. I felt very alone and unseen during my delivery. And in a change of events, the empowerment that really came from having to transfer to the hospital from the birth center at 10 centimeters dilated with my water broken was to get an epidural. And I begged for that epidural. I screamed for that epidural for six hours till they finally gave me a little bit, which I knew my body needed. And then I was able to push her out. My body was in such stress and flight mode, which, I mean, there's a whole lot to unpack there, but I just want to offer that there is no right way to birth. I think the true empowerment for all of us is to be in control. And in control, I mean, you know, control in quotation marks, because there's no really controlling during birth, but meaning we dictate what happens, right? So when you go into the hospital, kind of the stereotypical stuff is someone above you, the hierarchy, the doctor, the system, tells you what you have to do. And that I'm against, that I'm not for. But for me in that moment, and of course there were like 30 different things prior to this moment that any one of those changing would have changed my whole birth. But the way it went down, and again, like this could be dissected forever and ever, but the way that it went down in the end, my empowerment came from pleading for that epidural, getting that epidural, getting the relief, getting that 20 minutes of rest to then push my baby out. Um, It took about a year and a half for that trauma really to catch up with me, the lack of sleep, my anxiety, all of that, till I realized, oh, I need to actually spend some time healing from this. Um, And that's when I decided to be a postpartum doula, to become a postpartum doula. And I was doing my Calsaway prenatal teacher training, which is 
within the Kundalini realm here in Hollywood with Gurmukh and some other amazing teachers. And I've been a yogi. I've been a yoga teacher for a long time. And I really wanted to work with pregnant mamas because it's such a spiritual process and journey. And I knew past that, which I did start teaching prenatal yoga for a couple of years, but I knew there was something else. And then someone mentioned kind of just like an off topic thing in a conversation, a postpartum doula. And I was like, whoa, that's a thing. And I realized a lot of the things that I've been interested in reading about and feeling impassioned about was postpartum doula work. And so I stepped into that. And at that time in LA, I'd only heard of like one or two. It was pretty unknown. And I just felt called to step into this work. It wasn't even a business plan. (laughs) There was no business plan. It wasn't really even a thought. It was just my heart, my soul calling me. Like we do all of this work, put all this money, time, commitment into the classes, the supplies, the work, the therapy, when you're pregnant and the birth and the labor, and then it's crickets on the other side. There's like no support. There's no help. Most of us here, especially in LA, don't have our family nearby. We don't have the village. So isolating. And that's how I became a postpartum doula. So over the next couple of years, I've done lots of different trainings. I've worked many different ways. And I now feel like seven and a half years in, I'm really dialed into the way that I work best, the way I want to work, the way I want to show up, the way mother, the mother meets the world. And that feels really exciting. But it's something that keeps me awake at night, something that keeps me always striving, like, how can I help mothers more? How can I help myself more? And that's what really came up today when I was triggered. The little girl in me was triggered. And how can I mother the mother? How can I mother myself the mother? And that's an ongoing journey for the rest of my life. We give, we give, we give, we give, we give. And how can I bring some of that love and nurturance back to myself, whether it's the tea I'm drinking, the hot bath, the time out, the leaving the family, walking out the door for a 30 minute walk. Is it a retreat, a silent retreat for 10 days? Whatever it is, how can I bring that respect and love to myself? The things that I preach to all of my clients, to all of my friends, you know, it's so easy to see it in other people and it's hard. It's still challenging for me to bring that back to myself. And today when I wanted to keep going, I had, you know, my long list of work things I wanted to get done today. And then I just really took a minute and was like, I need to come back to what I need right now. And for my liver, it was a coffee enema. And that felt really good. It was taking an hour to talk through some stuff with my husband and just cuddle and be quiet in our house with our kids around, um, which is rare. And, you know, it's it's an ongoing journey. And that's how I will continue to show up and expand as my own journey as a mother continues to change and evolve. And, you know, when I had a young Jemima, when she was a baby, I was so in the prenatal world. And then as she grew older, it was more um, private prenatal yoga, private postnatal yoga, yoga, And then, of course, the postpartum doula work. And then it's evolved into more of, or not more of, but equally motherhood coaching. And then when I had the second kid, then that's another level, you know? So I kind of revisited the same things and then I've surpassed where I was before. So each child also 
brings so much more to the game. And I am such a different mom now than I was at 33, right? I'm almost 43. And that's age and that's wisdom. And that's also having two children and being married for 10 years and all of it. So everything we do in our lives, every part of our journey and our passage makes us us. And I took some polls, which thank you all who answered my questions. I love I love a good Instagram poll. But um, I wanted to share some of the results. So I asked, does anyone regret hiring help postpartum? 94% said no. 6% said yes, which I'm very curious about that. If that was night help, which that's the only time that I usually see people regretting it if they made a really big commitment to a night nurse and then realized that was too much and kind of made a wedge between them and baby in those early weeks and months. But I'd be really curious to see why those people said they regretted the postpartum help. This is another interesting question. Do you wish people had been more honest with you about what postpartum entailed? 93% of you said yes. 7% of you said no. And this is a really interesting question because almost every mom I know after they have a baby says, nobody told me this. Nobody told me it'd be this hard. Nobody told me this happens. Those same mamas when pregnant often tell me, everyone's so negative. I don't want to hear these other birth stories. I don't want to hear anything negative. No negativity can come into my field. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I'm blocking. I don't want to talk to anybody. And both are right. Both are the experience, right? We don't know what we don't know when we don't know it. So meaning, and this is where the expertise and being a doula comes in. It's really knowing the psychology of your client, knowing what they're ready to know and what they're not ready to know. And if you're a mom, think back when you're pregnant, like were you ready to know the gnarly parts of the postpartum? Like, would that have actually helped you pregnant? Some things for me, yes, it would have really helped to know. Other things, maybe not so much because when you're pregnant, postpartum is so theoretical. I mean, even having a baby is so theoretical. Breastfeeding is so theoretical that we can't understand all the things that even a mom really trying to help you postpartum sharing from you if she's in the postpartum space, like you're kind of not ready for it. So this is the fine balance that I walk all the time with my clients and my friends is creating that safe space, that container, that place of education, but also not revealing too much. I tend to be brutally honest. And that's actually, I remember when I look back after I birthed Jemima, I was a couple of days out and I remember calling my friend Rachel and saying, Okay, I'm going to tell you the truth because no one fucking tells the truth about what this shit is. I'm in a diaper. I am bleeding like fucking crazy. My nipples kill. And I was happy, but no one had ever been that straight with me. You know, I'd heard it's challenging and there might be a little bit of blood and, you know, because people don't want to scare you and it's education and it's both and all of this is both and right However, for me, not having the information actually made it harder because for me, knowing the information, then I know what to expect and I know it's normal. So that's what I really try to impart with my clients is 
we create the container and we get in a good place. And then I share from a place of not fear, but these are the things that are really normal. And these are what most women have. You may not have that, but let's just talk through what this could look like. Because if you've never heard these things, it's shocking. And then what I'm seeing is women are in their own houses, isolated, alone, without other women in their lives, without other women in their lives that have had children, without their village. And we're all thinking we're failing. We're not doing a good job. If other moms had gone through this, we would know. We would surely know, right? But that's not how our society works. So that's really why I'm a postpartum doula is to be the honest voice that is sharing the details of how it goes down and supporting your journey wherever you fall. So with some clients, I can be much more brutally honest and that works for them. Other clients, I don't. I don't share quite as much um, because we all are in different places in our own spiritual journey as women and what we can handle and what we want to handle. And... Um, you know, second baby, I was like rocking my diaper, like taking photos on Instagram on my diaper. First baby, mm, first of all, Instagram wasn't a thing, but that would have been horrifying to me. First baby, I was making my husband swear to me he wouldn't look at my vagina. I was like up here, you know, it'd been great if I'd been wearing a muumuu. Second birth, it was like screaming, primal screaming, naked, you know, the full thing. So it's just, it's very different where we are in our own journey with it all. Um, okay. I want to look at some of my other questions. What do you wish you had known when you were about to be a mom? I'm going to share a lot because I think these are really important to hear from other moms what they wish they had known. So for any of you pregnant mamas also just know that none of these things are your journey. This is just information to kind of tuck away. But if you're listening and you're pregnant, you can put your hands on your belly, one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart, and just make a little auric bubble around you and baby knowing that none of these stories are your story. You have your own chapter unfolding. These were what some mamas answered. To not be in a rush to do all the things again, spend more time sleeping and less time worrying. And then someone said, glad I didn't know much. It helped me to go with the flow. Everything changes. The ground will always be moving. Prepare to take care of yourself. Follow the gut feelings. Listen to your intuition more. Drown out the noise. It will be really, really hard and will push you into the deepest shadow work you can even imagine. Which I think that is true. And that's one of the beauties of having a child. It breaks you open in such a new way. And it makes you better, you know. But we must be supported. We must be supported to go through this this portal. Oh, this is another good one. You don't have to buy everything brand new upcycle. That's a great one. You don't need much. You need diapers. You need some water wipes or gauze wipes, like little cotton wipes and some nipple balm and some diaper balm or coconut oil and your boobs and some swaddle blankets. You don't need much. We are, we have it so ass backwards right now with the shower and spending all the money on the things a lot of those things you don't ever use. So you also can wait until baby's here to have a shower or to spend the money or to put your wish list out there because we we all can order things or go out and buy things after baby's here when we know that we really need them. Um, my friend Marissa, who's been on here twice, she says adult diapers are the way to go postpartum and you never figure it out. Just roll with it. Amen, sister. Sleep and get as much rest as you can the days leading up to labor. Um, 
Adula says how much support you really need, which is so important. We kind of underestimate the amount of support we're going to need postpartum. Food, 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 someone to come help with the laundry, someone to help clean the kitchen, walk the dog, take care of your other kids so that you can sleep and bond and heal. <laughs> My friend Christina just had four rows of ha 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 laughing because we're still learning. It never stops. Um, how unhealed parts of your life resurface postpartum. Ariel wrote that. That's beautiful. And amen. The stuff that is not healed, that has been hidden, that we have tucked away in the dark places, those things do tend to come up after you have a baby because we are broken open and we are raw nerve and it's all part of nature to be like that. And it's beautiful that we're like that. That's what awakens us in the night when our babies cry to feed them. All of those things matter, but we need the support to move through them with grace and to have the finances, the time, the energy, and the support to work through all that stuff. And for a lot of us, myself included, it's the first time we've slowed down enough to actually look at what needs to be healed within ourselves. There's never anything predictable, least of all a schedule, eat, rest, accept help. That comes from Kristen, my friend, who's also been on the podcast. Um... Emma wrote that the postpartum hormone crash is no joke. I cried every day because the sun was setting. And that affects different women more than others. And just know there's nothing wrong with it. It's generally okay if you weep a lot or cry. If you you know start having more harmful thoughts to yourself or baby, that's you know kind of ricocheting into another sphere of postpartum depression or anxiety or psychosis. Um, I've also talked about this in other podcasts. It can be great to get some therapy during pregnancy with yourself or with just your partner and you um, just to see where you are, to see where kind of your normal is, your baseline, so that there is an outside neutral party that then when they talk with you postpartum, whether that's six weeks out or three months out or six months out, to kind of know where you are in line with the baseline. And of course, you're going to be exhausted and stressed in new ways and all of that. But it's, I think it's important to have that baseline. Okay, moving on. But oh, this is a good one. Stop listening to the experts and trust your intuition. And that's something I really try to also work a fine balance on because my business is called Mother the Mother. So I come in as a postpartum doula, as a quote unquote expert, but the longer I've been doing this, the least I want to ever preach to a mama. I'm really there to educate, but then support however she's mothering, however she wants to mother, whatever her parameters are. I'm there to support her because she's the mom. She has a soul contract with her baby. Baby has soul contract with mama. It's perfect as is already. I'm there to support her to be the best that she can be and to heal and thrive as quickly and gracefully and easily as possible. But yeah, the books, you know, books are one thing. Other friends' advice is another thing. You'll be getting lots of it from everyone. And again, grain of salt. Hear it, tuck it away. Information you may or may not use. Don't get attached. And... Trust your intuition. And that's why the work you do pregnant or even pre-pregnancy, so important to truly know yourself, 
you know, the Ayurvedic work of truly knowing your own nature, meditation, yoga, knowing your body from the inside out, knowing your mind from the inside out. And then you don't have to worry so much about other people's stuff because you have your own compass. You have your own guiding system. Next question. Would slash what would you have changed during your first six weeks postpartum? Amara says, I would have safely bed shared from the beginning with no reservations. That's a stressful one. That's a big one. Not thought about anyone but myself and my small bird. Actually honoring my body and taking the 40 days. Yes. Thank you, Jenna. Um, first 40 days. I'm a huge, huge cheerleader for the first 40 days because life is always there, right? As a mom, if you're a mom listening, you know life is always here for us, right? Honoring those first 40 days, you never get that time back. Ever, ever in your life do you get those 40 days back. And each baby, each soul contract you have, each time you birth a child, you deserve those first 40 days. It was the best gift I've ever given myself. A beloved friend, Vanessa, also doula, also mother of four, she told me that after she had her fourth baby, that her midwife in Vermont really pressured her to do her 40 days. And she said, McLean, it was so hard because she's a doer, doer, doer. She said it was very challenging and the single best thing I've ever done in my life. And I really listened to that. And so I became my own guinea pig. And as I've shared in my own birth stories, having not done it at all with Jemima, having done it pretty fully with Goldie Wolf, I felt completely reborn. I felt completely healed. I felt that incomplete birth loop from my first birth completed with the second. And when I came out of the 40 days, people were like, did you get Botox? You look 12. And it was because I healed my nervous system. I slept, I rested, I didn't have people in my house. I had my food dropped to me by Hadi Simran, my beloved friend, and she was my Ayurvedic doula, brought my food I wanted, had my Abhyanga with Kate Danson. And I didn't want more than that. I wanted to be quiet when my other kid was at school and nurse and meditate and chill. And that's what I did for 40 days. And it was fucking awesome. And that's why I'm so passionate about it because you have the ability to heal yourself in a deeper way than you ever have during the rest of your life during your first 40 days. And that's because your body is never more open than it is after you have a baby. Everything is open. You are a raw nerve. You are open to everything. And so if we can implement all the food, nutrition, acupuncture, therapy, whatever healing modality that really works for you, you can go in and you can heal deeper than ever before. You can rework your tissues. It's incredible. See, you can see I'm very passionate about it because it works and it's true and it's time tested. This is not some trendy thing. It's real. And no matter how you do it, you need the food, the rest, the warmth, the quiet. Um, other moms said way, way, way more self-care, slowing down, letting go of the urgency to get back to pre-baby life slash body. That everything is a phase and this too shall pass, even though it's extremely hard right now. Put into place a self-care routine and make a plan for people to support it. Would have hired someone to cook and clean. Giving myself and body more forgiveness. You don't have to do it all. Would have saved a higher postpartum doula for a couple of weeks. More support, more nourishment. More cocoon slash less visitors. Yes, 1430. Oh, and Allie. 
beloved friend and client wrote no classes exclamation part <laughs> exclamation mark no driving exclamation mark amen to that so that's a really good one I want to speak to because you know we hear don't be isolated you need to be with other mothers if you don't have best friends or close friends that are also mothers with kids your same age uh, we feel like we need to go out and for some women they do need that that is actually part of their self-care is to be around other people Here's the thing. During your first 40 days, it's a lot. It's a lot to get in the car, especially if you live in a city, and drive across town. Inevitably, it's going to be when your baby needs to eat. So, you know, you got to stop. You got to feed. You got to put back in the car seat, which they probably don't love. And go to a group class. It's it's a lot. It sounds so simple when you haven't had a baby. It's so much. And I agree with her. I didn't do any classes or driving with my second at all. I didn't even go to classes the following months. I mean, it was my second kid, so I didn't need to as much. First one, I didn't just because I didn't know better. <laughs> I didn't go to classes. Um, now there's a lot more options virtually, which is great. I do, however, I mean, there is a caveat to that. I do think being with other moms and other babies in community is super important and actually Class is coming soon. I'm putting this out in the next couple months in LA. We're going to gather. So just just know that. Just put that in your back pocket. But um, it needs to be when you're not rushing and exhausted and sleep deprived and crashing your nervous system. There's due time, right? So those are my main questions that I just wanted to pose to people. So thank you again for answering. I think we learned so much from each other. We all have very different needs and wants. It's always just a good rule of thumb postpartum to question, why am I being so called to be social? Or why am I being called to not be social? Nothing's good or bad. It's just looking at the deeper reasoning. Is it because you're just trained to be productive or feeling like you have to be productive or you can't just lie in your bed all day and heal? You know, we haven't been, we haven't been taught that. It's not in our society. So we're slowly changing it. We're changing it, changing it day by day. The more that we share our stories, our own journeys with one another, we allow other women to do the same, right? So like when I get excited and want to share about my postpartum time with my second baby to a mom that I'm meeting, even if in the moment she thinks I'm weird or that's such a strange concept or that's not how I'm going to do it, there might be just one little nugget of knowledge that I say that drops into her consciousness and that she revisits during her first 40 days and we never just know when we're touching someone. We never know when that one thing we're going to say is going to help change another woman's life. So please practice it on yourself. Let's please practice it together, loving each other, nurturing each other, nourishing each other, allowing ourselves to slow down, really taking high expectations or even better, any expectations off of our new mama friends, off of ourselves. You know, if you make plans with a new mama, it's totally cool if they cancel. Like, please don't get your feelings hurt. If you're a new mom, only make plans with friends that you know you can cancel and no judgment. Or have them come over for 30 minutes. You know, like, really work on your boundaries when you're pregnant. So postpartum, you have that nice, boundaried bubble around you so that you can heal without any extra stress. You don't need any extra stress during your healing time. And it isn't... A negative 
Yes, there are challenging times. It's, of course, a challenging thing to have a newborn and a baby. It also can be the most love-filled, golden, fabulous time of your life. I mean, I look back at my first 40 days with Goldie Wolf, and it is portal of time that I can't even really put into words. It almost felt like I was floating on another planet. And it was the greatest gift I gave to myself and us and my whole family. Because when those six weeks are up, it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to try to stay chill. But now it's also kind of time to get back into more of my regular life. And I felt like it because I felt great because I had given myself what I truly needed. And it was priceless. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I live what I preach. I live what I teach. Of course, I have stumbling days. But today, for an example, I reached out. I reached out for support. I immediately called someone. I immediately emailed someone for that contact number I'd been meaning to get. I'm continuing to educate myself. I'm continuing to read and research and know more so that I can always, always be my best ally. Because if it's not me, who else is going to do it? And I'm sending love out to all of you. We are changing the world. It is an unreal time of awakening right now. I mean, when I look back at last October, wow, how things have changed, like pretty much across the board. And these souls that are coming in just feel so powerful. I can't wait to meet them and to know them and to see how they change us for the better. I feel very excited for the changes that are coming that are already happening, whether people are talking about them or not. That's a whole other topic. But there is massive change happening right now. I feel it. I see it. People are sharing with me on the DL. There's a lot of change happening. And it takes effort and it takes time and it takes love and it takes trust. So do all that you can the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months to bolster yourself, to bolster your immune system, to nourish yourself from the inside out, the outside in, prioritize self-care, stop spending money on the stuff that doesn't really matter, start spending money on the stuff that does really matter. And we're going to get through this time and we are the chosen ones. We are chosen to be here right now because if we weren't, we wouldn't be here. So just know that you're here to be a warrior of change and peace and love and motherhood and sisterhood and womanhood. And that's really exciting. So I'm sending love out to all of you. As always, thank you for being here, for being part of this co-creation. I see you. I am you. I love you. Jema. Hi guys, I'm so excited to start sharing more of the podcasts that I love and listen to. And here at Soulfire Productions, the team is growing so quickly and I'm so excited. I'm so inspired. It's really a beautiful moment in the podcast world. Today, I want to introduce the Great Unlearned Podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's with Cal Callahan. And he has conversations with some of the world's leading experts and performers, such as Lance Armstrong and Aubrey Marcus to help us unlearn our way into a new way of being. Whether it's figuring out how to navigate a relationship, dealing with your emotions, diving into spirituality, or just learning how to feel comfortable in your own skin, Cal and his guests navigate the choppy waters of what it really takes to unlearn all the ideas that we've picked up along the way that no longer serve us, and how to find ourselves and track our own path. Jay-Mon.